0: i'll walk us in
1: yeah um yeah do it wait no let dad do it all right dad's a radio guy yeah dad can do those give us a nice cheesy okay lock- you want a nice cheesy open yeah, yeah. okay
2: yeah Hi, everybody, and welcome. We're back oh, with another T T A Z Z. That's right, the the Adventure <laughs> Zone Zone. That's where the guys get together, have a little confab, answer your queries Chill. right here. The, the Adventure <laughs> Zone Zone. Take it away, fellas. I want to thank our father, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, who is cosplaying as every <laughs> Simpsons character you've
1: ever hated. <laughs> you know, it's all, funny. Somebody asked us all, all together it. in one human. Somebody asked us why dad, uh, both his character in Adventure Zone and Adventure Zone Knights, is kind of like sleazy. And it's like, oh, well, that's just our dad if you tell him, do a voice. (laughs) Sleazy
2: sleazy guy.
1: Do a voice, dad. Okay. I could
2: have done Casey Casey. You
0: couldn't have actually legally have. Um, (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the the Adventure Zone Zone. It's been a minute since you've been here, huh? Like a year, maybe? This show show within a show. This show within a show. This. Uh, what's the show on Twin Peaks called that everybody watches? They're like, uh, whatever It could not oh, be less important.
1: Appointment to oh yeah God, shit, that's gonna kill. I,
0: I said that specifically to torment Justin for the next uh hour and twenty minutes or however long we go here on DD uh, Adventure Zone Zone. Invitation to love. Invitation there. to love. Oof. Um, we're gonna answer a bunch of questions that people sent in and talk about making the show and. I think it's maybe a little weird timing, considering there's not that much left in this campaign, and maybe it made more sense to do this once everything was completely over, because I imagine a lot of the questions I, as the DM, won't be able to answer, because I still have a few tricks up my sleeve.
1: I I tried to be very careful. I want to say, I tried to be very careful. It's so funny to me that, like, when we announced this, we were like, we won't be doing spoilers. The sheer number of people like, what's going to
2: happen? Who dies? (laughs) Who's going to die? Tell me all of them. I want a list of all safe the deaths. To say, safe to say that you had at least, what, 20 responses? 20, 22. Perhaps? No, it
1: was probably in the range of about 4,000. Um, <laughs> no exaggeration. It took me about three hours to to go through the questions. A lot of duplicates. Yeah. Um, but we tried to uh, go through the questions and ones that we could actually answer without ruining too much. I will say th- there's some stuff in here that's probably going to touch on what's happened up till this point so if you want sure. to episode 59 this is just kind of a preemptive like we'll probably talk about stuff we'll definitely talk about all stuff. 59 episodes so yeah
0: I, I think we're gonna need to like unpack a lot of stuff that actually happened on episode 59 to sort of set up the next episode of the podcast so if you haven't listened 59 yet don't listen any further to this one until you go back and finish it seriously
2: and why haven't you
0: yeah, it was a pretty good episode. Um, yeah, it was. Should we get going or I don't, I don't, I forget the format of this.
1: Like who asked? Well, this is, this is different. I think last year we asked each other like questions that we had. And this year we kind of put it up to the audience. So how about this? Let's, let's just all kind of take turns grabbing questions and asking each other. And I'll start off with this because this is a, a kind of a softball for Griffin. This is from Neil D. What's the production process like for an episode? How long does it take to put each one together?
0: So we record usually a couple days before the episode goes up, and we go for, what do you think? Like, I think most episodes are, like, on average, like, an hour 15 or something like that.
1: Um, yeah, when we record. I should, I should mention, uh, just as a caveat, we haven't gone back and listened to the original VV Adventure episode. Yes. Zone. So in case we are doubling up on answers, uh, tough shit. Yeah, I sorry. <laughs>
0: um, I cut a lot out when I edit, which I usually do the day or sometimes the night before, because my um life is in shambles and uh i i cut like a lot of i cut a lot of stuff out like this is the m- most heavily edited thing i make um and so just like cutting down the recording to something that is listenable without like long long pauses for rule checks and um like decisions on what actions to take uh i i cut like maybe a fifth or a, to a quarter out of the whole recording and that takes a really long time and then I record the ad break, and then I levelate that, get that sounding good. I I cut the intro together, which can take a long time if I have to pull. For uh, episode 59, I had to pull a clip from episode 28, I think, and, like, fucking finding that needle in a haystack took me Uh, a really long time. Uh, It was the clip of Johan talking about um, being, like, sad about the idea of being erased. Um, And so, like, that can take a, a, a while. And then music recording... It varies pretty wildly. I recorded the, um, I think the fastest I've ever done it was the Taz Knights bonus theme from this year, which I knocked out in like a half hour. Um, mostly using like pre made loops and GarageBand. If I lean on those, it's a faster process. Other songs like the, the Chalice song took me fucking days. To, to get that one going. Usually the music, I have a bit longer lead-up time. And then um, cutting all of that stuff together can also take a really long time, just like mixing all of the different tracks and sounds and shit together, oh. especially like episode 59 had, I want to say like 15 different music cues in it, and it took me like half a day to make that. So like it, some, some episodes it, take me days and days and days.
1: It doesn't help that my brother Griffin refuses to break out of the... Um, Fifty Shades of Grey style relationship he has with Audacity <laughs> <laughs> and will not free himself from its from its beautiful well, you just wanna fuzzy say about, shackles. Audacity sucks,
0: but, like, I've gotten to a point now where I've gotten pretty good at, like, doing it fast.
1: Like, it, I... I do I, just let me open your eyes to the power of freaking
0: I know. Uh, so, the answer to that question is, like, it takes a long time. I work harder on this than, like, anything, and it's just because, like... And I'm working harder and harder and harder. Like, the the past... couple couple episodes, like I've doubled the amount of production time that went into it and I'll probably keep doing that to the point where like the very last episode of this campaign will probably take me like I will need all two weeks to like get it going because I want to stick the landing.
2: Let me add something to this too that I think will also answer a lot of other questions that we got in a kind of a roundabout way. Most of, if not all, I would say, of the editing that you do, Griffey, is to clean things up. Yeah. It's, and it's never, ever to change the story. That's, that's one thing I, I, a lot of people ask about, like, did we know Griffin was going to do this or did we know? No, there really is none of that involved. Yeah. It's, it's really making it up on the spot as we go along, not on Griffin's part, but on ours. And Griffin doesn't, is, is anal about not letting us know what is coming. And and so there's never any editing. I I don't think uh, you know to to like change a story element or take something out.
0: Yeah, like yeah, I get what you're trying to say. There's no like me saying like, all right, Marl, do this, and then you do it, and I erase my prompt or whatever. No,
2: we don't. Not that doesn't happen. It's, well, that's for
1: that's one of uh one question of about 50 so we're on we're averaging uh, we're seven that minutes that per that. question doing all great. right how, you delete, how about another are one? you deleting these as we read them trev uh i'm marking them so you, you'll see a bunch of dashes on each one we do cool okay um i can i read this one from tickle pickle
0: dissimon uh on twitter who says how early in the campaign did you have the whole plot sorted out in your head properly uh when did you start dropping hints um, and, uh, the, the answer, to that one's kind of tough to come by, but like, I really did have most of the structure of the plot done by the end of Gerblins. Like I well, knew, let, let me ask you this, most of let me, that. let me
1: turn it a little bit at what point in there. Cause we started here. There'd be Gerblins started with like the pre-written like box, you know, the red box campaign, right? What was the first kind of divergence from like the pre-written where you're like, so, okay, right. this did it. The Lost Minds of Phandelver, they're There,
0: uh, I followed. Here, here's how we followed it. You go. You find the dead horses in the road. Yes. You go to the Gerbling cave. Yes. You fight the bugbear. Yes. Although, like, I don't think the bugbear's name is Clark in the book, and you, I don't think you're supposed to like have tea with him and hang out. And like, that's where things were. Like, oh, this it's more fun if we do it this way. Um, and then, like, you go to Fandolin yes. And then, like, I think we jump straight to Wave Echo Cave after that. And that is the end of that book. And we skipped the middle 90% of that book where, like, you go and hang out with, like, an emerald dragonling. And, like, there's a big castle. Justin actually – okay, this is fun. Uh, when I was in Huntington uh, for the – when we were all in Huntington for the TV show shoot, Justin ran a game of D&D for uh, the the Smurls that I played along with. And you actually did some of the stuff in that book. Like, we went to that castle. Um, yeah, it was fun. And, you missed all the good stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah, there. But I mean, the 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 thing is, like, I think uh, by like episode three, I realized I wanted to get off the book, and so we jumped ahead to the now, end of the book, now, essentially. Now, this is my
1: question, though, Griffin. Um, and this is something that I've I've always kind of been curious about. Um, when you, what was your like plan when you started? Um, like, did you plan to just hop from? Uh, like pre written campaign to pre written campaign, or what was the? I don't think I I, I don't think I had a plan. I think
0: because when we well when we did the first episode, it was under the guise of you were on paternity leave, and so like this is yeah. a filler, and we didn't even know this was going to be a podcast. So when we started, my mind was in this mode of like, all right, well let's just get an episode done, so Juice can have a break. And I think that's been a, a detriment, I think to the to the show because there are there it, it, it's tough like going back and listening to those that first arc and like some of it I've had to kind of um, try to work into the bigger campaign, but like I really didn't have that bigger campaign until after that first arc was over. And I think that did us maybe a little bit of a disservice because it did take me a while to start dropping hints, right? Like Crystal Kingdom is when I realized like, I had the idea in mind for like what the structure of the arc was. Be Crystal Kingdom was. I started to do some fucking work to drop hints. That's where you guys did like the whole like cosmoscope and learning about the idea of like other planes and this other maybe evil plane that was coming and like the red robe showing up and all that stuff started really hitting hitting the pavement in Crystal Kingdom.
2: Well, now wait a minute though. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you on that because uh, you know going back and adapting here there be Gerblins for the for the graphic novel. I've noticed a lot of things that either you were brilliant in adapting or you were brilliant in just sti- like there's a red robe yes. in you, you know and you and us and, and so you know but there are elements that I pick up all the time i i will leave notes for callista our editor in the side that says i swear to god <laughs> this was in the episode yeah um was that more it was that more you just going back and, and retconning, or was it... No, I mean, that,
0: that that's one very specific example of, like, me dropping... I guess that was technically the first hint, although, like, um, that was, like, the first red robe we see, right? And the red robes are sort of integral to the secret plot that you all learned about in the last couple episodes. So, yeah, I guess that was sort of the first hint. But really, like, um, I did, the last thing I wanted was for, like, all of this stuff when it was revealed, for it to have no... no hints leading up to it whatsoever. Like no like, oh I I fucking hate it in like um like video games, like JRPGs where like you're playing it and then like the final like thing happens and it's some big bad that you like it has never been referenced before. You know what I mean? And it's just like I'm the big evil uh uh force of force of evil that you didn't know about until just this moment and I'm the one you have to kill in order to win. Um, i didn't want that to happen like i wanted there to be some lead up so there's stuff like the the patches you first got during crystal kingdom as a candle knight's present um that was a hint there, there i I tried to crystal kingdom was like every episode i was trying to drop
1: stuff on y'all that would set this well, up so uh, this next question um is i guess ties into this because it's for dad but i think it's also from griffin and i think it's a good example of what Gerd's talk about as far as like the stuff from the uh first arc, and Ian asked, if Rural came from another set of planes, how could <laughs> he have been related to Gundred Rockseeker? His blood opens the doors? Um, I got a good I got an answer for
0: that, but it's not. But th- that's that's that my answer for that sucks, and you'll learn about it in the next couple episodes, but it sucks. But that is that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Yes. I've set up this thing where like you guys are from another reality right you're from a you're from another dimension or whatever how can you have a, a, a cousins in this world and it's like
2: well yeah <laughs> well, you got you got that doesn't you got. That, that doesn't bother the DT, dc multiverse you got supermans from earth 1 2 and 3 all living on earth prime And they're still related to other people. I don't know if that's that's that's
0: that's what. No, I mean it's it's they got me there. That's a good loophole. Here's the thing: if you go back and you look for loopholes, and this is not a judgment. Like, yep, you got me. Fair play, because that one I realized like at like fucking one a.m. one night, I woke up with a start. Like, ah, shit, he can't have relatives here. Um, There's gonna be stuff like that, and that's what that's what I'm talking about. That first arc, I just didn't have it yet. I didn't have. I didn't know at that point. I didn't really know that they were from this other reality, and so like I would just say some shit and i'm sure there's a lot of stuff like that and um i i i regret that i'd say it's a bummer but um what can you what can you do po but he's all uh, right
2: let me let me ask one can i ask
1: one Yeah, do. yeah
2: i got one that i think all four of us can answer uh and it's from frilly Finally, ice cream I get to talk and not just eat chili
1: Frilly
0: are you ice eating cream chili says, again?
2: Because you are eating
1: chili during the last God recording.
2: Damn! Jeff. I'm on
1: slow carb, baby.
2: I only eat chili! <laughs> That's a good life. That's good work if you can get it. <laughs> How did the popularity of the podcast affect your outlook on the story and characters? When did you become invested yourselves? I'm curious to hear your boys' answers to this. That's All a right. really good question. Uh,
1: I'll tell you when I... Became invested was after. Okay, so I made Taco, and there was not a lot of uh, elements to Taco that I had figured out early.
0: Well, because you um, and you and Dad took the pre-gen character sheets that came with right. the starter
1: kit and kind of put names on them, and there's right. your there's your there's your guys. And some have argued that I decided to name him Taco. In the exact moment that I opened my mouth and said taco, yeah, you didn't. Some have argued that <laughs>
2: I would it. argue H- that historians have theorized,
1: historians have Um, and there was a period where I just made him dumb. Does everybody remember the period oh, yeah. where I made him like wicked? Yeah, stupid he was just ne- a trash bag there for a bit, and I didn't, and I did that because I, I, di- I didn't think he was funny enough, so I thought it would be funny. To make him dumb, and then, and it wasn't until I tried to do that that I started bumping up against like, Oh wait a minute, like that's not right, like that's not who this character is, and that's not who the person is um and so that made me feel ownership. The weird thing about the show getting bigger is that in a way, I feel like less ownership now and like and in a a good way i think in a healthy way but like i see all these different permutations of taco and he's like still a character i made up and that's cool but i also think it's cool that other people have their own spin on taco and their own sort of take on him um, and I, I, I think that's really neat. And I, and I, I, I want to encourage that. I think that's, it used to irritate me. I think from a consumer perspective, when I would see creators do that, like, I don't know, the, the decision is yours. It's up, it's up to you. But yeah, like, as a creator now, I find that really interesting. Like, I, I find it really cool to let that space exist. I struggled with that for a bit, because it felt, um,
0: to be like non, non-committal about canonical um, look and design and aesthetic and all that, like felt, um, I don't know, f- fan service-y in a way, and in, in in a way that I think I kind of struggled with for just a little bit, but I kind of realized, like, I don't think it's us dodging some sort of essential question about what these characters look like. I think it is us actually, like, um, taking advantage of what is a s- pretty singular benefit to this being an audio medium, An audio only Uh, medium. If this was any if this was any other kind of medium, like we couldn't do that. And I think it's important to me that this show has like good representation because I I that's that's important to me, and I know it's important to our listenership. And I I I feel like, and I try to do that with with the 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 characters that um the the NPCs that y'all come across. But like, I feel like this is a really cool way of doing that. Just saying like whatever interpretation you have like go for it and because this this medium doesn't have like these canonical visual takes um then just just let it ride and nothing's nothing is nothing's wrong everything is permitted
1: yeah i Um, i I, I hope this doesn't sound like a dodge because it's absolutely true i don't picture anything when i picture magnus mm -hmm. like i just don't think that way like so like I see a lot well, of think different- about it. You're seeing it from when I envision scenes that are happening. I'm seeing them from my perspective. Yeah, like, like I'm seeing them from. I don't see Taco doing stuff. I'm envisioning myself looking at the stuff that is happening around. Yeah, Taco's I, it's, it's like mist. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. see. I don't see my PC. And so like when I see like fan art and I see people's drawings, I'm like, yeah, that could be manga. Like, <laughs> yeah. In, in a universe, that's Magnus. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and I think we, it's, go it, ahead. I'm it's sorry. just, it's just never for me, like, this is my, and, and so it's more like for me, I, one of the weirdest things, as far as the popularity and like investment in the characters goes, one of the weirdest moments I ever had was I used to look through the Reddit. I don't anymore, not because I begrudge anybody posting on Reddit, but it started to bleed into like de- decisions I made and I wanted to remove myself from that. But like, after an episode went up, I saw somebody post a comment, that's not what Magnus would do about something I did as (laughs) Magnus? And I was like, wait, what? What do you mean that's not what (laughs) Magnus? I am Magnus. What what Magnus does is what Magnus would do. And it was like, I could not pretzel my brain around it. And it was like, okay, to this person, this is what Magnus does. And anything that, but the thing is, is like, People don't work that way. Like in real life, they're like, it's not like this person is good. And so they never mess up. They never do anything bad. Like this is not. And so like when I first started making Magnus, it was pretty one note, heroic meathead who rushes into things. (sighs) And like mm -hmm. somebody talked about like the rogue, like that's very un Magnus like that he would train in rogue. And it's like, yeah, but like after a while he of just like rushing into things and almost dying. Like, yeah. there's a certain amount of learning that comes from that. So characters I, I think, grow and change. I think, generally speaking, like, the investment that
0: you all sort of had, and this is just my perspective as, as the, the DM, but I also think um when the listeners became more invested in your characters, and this is definitely something that we need to take to heart whenever we do whatever the next thing is for the Adventure Zone, um, that investment came when you all expanded – when, you, when the definition of your characters expanded beyond your Dungeons and Dragons character class. Because when we started, you were a wizard, and you were a fighter, and you were a cleric, and that was pretty much it. But, like, I feel like your characters really took flight, and the show, frankly, like, got pretty good when you were the disgraced former TV chef and the, uh, carpenter, the, 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 the carpenter whose, uh, town and home was destroyed. And the deadbeat dad, who is a, a kind of a hippie cleric with shaken faith, like that stuff that goes beyond you just playing your roles is when shit got really, really good. So no matter what we play next, if we play like some, you know, fucking, uh, what, like, uh, space game, like, I don't want you guys to just be like, well, I made an alien,
1: and I made a pilot, and I made a gunfighter, like... I will say, Griffin, not to judge someone else's game, but if there's an RPG game where there's a class that's just alien, it's not, I don't know
2: about that game. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like that. (laughs) Yeah, there's... I I will tell you, I will tell you a crystallizing moment for me, and, and it's, it's, it's not the joke you think I was gonna make. Uh, I think uh, I think by the time we got to this moment we knew something special was going on and with my hand of god I think Fuck you yeah. was a was a turning point because that was one of the hardest I've ever laughed at anything we've done yeah. and it was that <laughs> I know that sounds strange but to me that was kind of a distillation about what was so special about what we were doing that to me that was a big that was a big turning point. Yeah, I, I, th- I did I saved the show. Here's another question. <laughs> <laughs> Sa- saved it from mediocrity.
1: We would still be soldiering on mediocrity sure. if not for me. Here's a question to me. Um, do you want me to? Do you want me to ask it? Uh, yes. Why don't you ask me that and then I'll ask one of you guys. Which a one is to it
0: to you? Uh, this is from Taco's boyfriend Goldcliff Trust, who says uh, to Justin, "How much satisfaction do you get from blindsiding Griffin with new spells?
1: None." Next question. <laughs> no, I mean it the very short answer is I want to do Taco's life is dope and he does dope shit. That's fact. And it d- there are a lot of spells. Every time I do a spell like that, I it is a balance for me of like doing some hard ass stuff that is cool, but also like I don't want to mess up the thing and mm-hmm. as much as Griffin says you can't mess it up you definitely can no you can super it fuck it up defo def def defo yes but he always tells us that like he'll figure it out but like i don't want to break his thing so like that's always the balance for me i it is in no way about blindsiding griffin with spells if anything it is a a professional and familial curiosity <laughs> as to how he will a yeah, course correct yeah, th- to what I am doing in any given situation, but it is never with the intent of take this griffin because like we could do that. Like yeah. there is oh, a, oh, a, oh, a dude, much you get episode episode your first
0: episode on the moon base it's like okay, I attack the director. Okay. That's it. Thanks for yeah, listening that, everybody. Bye.
1: Let's let's spin that into there was a, a lot of people wanted to know Griffin if yeah. there were moments that were kind of fucked up of your planning based sure. on stuff that we did. This range
0: is, the answer to this is, Oh yeah. I got, I, 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 here's, here's the thing. And I could spend a really long time talking about this, but like the biggest thing I struggle with doing, being a DM and also being the DM of an actual play podcast. And those are two different jobs with two different sort of demands. Um, and I think every GM has to make up this, this decision in their mind is how much control over the whole narrative, the macro narrative, do you give the players and how much do you keep for yourself? And I talked about in the last, the, the adventure zone zone about like how I try to give the micro. Like story over to you guys and like do whatever you want while still trying to keep my hand firmly on the wheel of the the bigger picture, um. And so like that gets me in trouble sometimes. There are episodes like I think all the lunar interludes have been an example of this. We're just like I kind of need to take the wheel pretty much entirely because fucking episodes. The this last lunar interlude fifty eight and fifty nine. I had a million threads that I had to pull together, um. And so that meant, like, I was talking a lot of the time. I saw some people say, like, well, geez, Griffin, just give the other boys a script if you're going to do that. Um, which I don't appreciate necessarily because y'all still – I still, I feel like I still give you, an, like, the opportunity to do your own stuff. Not only that, like, when you guys had this conversation about Magnus, you shouldn't get back in your body. I was like, uh, fuck. That wasn't, like – I kind of thought you would and then all of a sudden that next episode was completely different from what I thought it was going to be. So like I don't think you're necessarily completely on rails, but Griffin if, has
1: never forbade us from doing uh, anything. No. Nope. So if you, if anything, honestly, one of the things is like it's a vi- D&D is a very collaborative game in my experience and like if you're DM I, and not to judge anybody's playstyle, but if you feel like um uh, the the host of one-shot uh, RPG commented on like That I I apparently said in an episode, like, this is important to me. So Griffin, like, went along with it. Yeah. And, like, that's how the game should work. So, like, there's stuff that we've wanted to do. And Griffin says, like, yep. But also simultaneously... Like, we see, like, our DM is crafting a storyline. Yeah. So why would we fuck with that just so to fuck with it? Well, that's- so, a- Here, let me give you an example of, like, uh, this inaction, right? in action. right? Then the uh, beginning of, I guess, it would have been towards the end of 58, beginning of 59, Dad and I were in a scenario where- Yeah. Uh, Travis knew- Travis has oh, some and that, idea. That made and, – and, and magnify all of it, like multiply
0: the complexity of all this by a billion thanks to the fact that like I made it so that one of the characters knew kind of what was up and the other two didn't. And I kind of ha- like expected all of you to go along with it and you did not.
1: Yeah, well, we we said to Griffin – and and I don't know, this probably wasn't in the episode, but at one point we had to say to Griffin like, listen, we know we are headed towards something happening in the – um. In the in the moon base, but like we don't, we're not there. Like
2: as and characters, we were not, we were not down with crossing, going against the bureau of balance. We just had no, we had, we didn't have the motivation, right? And, and we could feel
1: the narrative wanting to go there, but like we, as as arbiters of our characters, like in order to be true to them, could not role play that yeah. because it was like. We just weren't there. Like, we didn't have it. Um,
0: which let me – like, when I envisioned that sequence, like, I just thought, like, oh, well, if they're down, like, they're, they're, it's going to be this cool sneaking mission. And that's not really how it approached. Also, like, you told me that, and I kind of tried to give you a little bit more justification with yeah, the – right, um, You hearing that voice telling you to, to trust Barry, which um, – I don't know if I should say who that was, but I'm pretty sure everybody gets it. And uh giving you that s- stuff with Angus who kind of like backed you up. Like I was like, okay, well I need to course correct and do a little bit more stuff. And also you didn't take the scene the same way I thought you did. You fucking walk straight into it, and you're like, yo director, what's up? Um I part of, part of <laughs> me like thought you might just be like, if you had been like, Hey director, somebody's trying to cross you. We're not down with it. I, would have had to figure out something on the spot and I would have freaked the fuck out but I would have had to figure it out well
1: we wouldn't have turned on this is the problem is we couldn't and where we were sort of had our hands tied is we also didn't want to leave we couldn't have left Magnus sure right the problem is we didn't have time for literally an entire episode of talking about it between the three of us Mm -hmm. to try to figure out what was going on and also it didn't matter because
2: we didn't have all the the clues yeah Yeah, and, and each arc really and truly is a whodunit for us. It may not be a murder, but there's always a mystery yeah, right. that we're trying to figure out as we as we go through it. I'll tell you, this kind of ties in with one of the things, and nobody asked this question, but one of the toughest things for me, and yet one of my favorite things about this story, these stories, are those uh, jury will kindly disregard the witnesses' testimony kind of things, where not only... There are moments where our characters are not supposed to know what the other characters yeah. know. But then we as the player are not supposed to know and, and it yeah. But listen, that's a level of complexity that I think makes it special because it does make it harder, that, and it forces us
0: to be better actors. It's um, I've been listening to a lot, and I talk about this a lot on Twitter, and I may have talked to the, about it in the last day, d Adventure Zone Zone, but I listen a lot to a podcast called Friends of the Table that uh, Waypoint's Austin Walker runs runs their game, and they work in dramatic irony in a way that is just delectable. And so like, uh, I think we, I, 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 there's definitely been a lot more of that in the last few episodes of just like... M- Clint knows shit that Merle can't and trying to play around that um as so often happens in friends of the table like is really really good shit well i i Um, want to get back to one last thing about about this subject because i mentioned this spectrum and there's been talk about like you guys fucking up my plans or whatever and i think the reason you're thinking like that is because we've been doing this this way and i think it's the way that's worked for for us in which like i am mostly guiding where the narrative goes and you all are reacting to it but there is another way of doing it in which i say you guys are at a bar and these people are in the bar, what do you do? Episode one, that's it. And then you set fire to the bar. It's like, okay, well, I know what episode two is going to be. And I'm reacting to the things that you do. And I feel like that, isn't the best way that that's just not the right way for us to do it. Right. Because I don't know. I don't know. I, the DM, I, the person running the game. I don't know how to make a good story out of that because it's just, it's going to be a lot of cooks in the kitchen and it's going to be like, unless we do all get together at that point and say like, all right, what are we doing with this thing? Then, it's not, it's not gonna be this cohesive narrative. It'll be you guys like being just murderous bandits as you like run across the countryside. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's really, and so I, I get really defensive about people saying like, I wish Gr- Griffin would let the boys like make more, of a like big decision because to answer the thing that we haven't even talked about, which is the point of the question of like things you guys did, uh, the whole arms outstretched sequence where taco soul jars and you guys pull Magnus from death. I'm not kidding. I had a whole thing in the astral plane gone, like fucking gone. That was probably the biggest, (laughs) most brutal thing. Um, the chalice episode, which I think is maybe the most important episode of the, season the the series so far where we like finally get into your guys backstories and then the chalice tries to tempt you i fully fucking thought that magnus was going to take the offer and i had two episodes worth of stuff not not no bullshit (laughs) of of like parallel worlds and alternate timelines and like dark the the darkest timeline style shit happening and you all trying to like pull magnus from the brink or like i thought magnus wasn't going to make it through 11th hour full stop but you didn't take the offer and so i was like oh okay walk away from that and then there's the littler stuff like i mentioned in the last the the adventure zone zone like i had a cool battle on top of the train that magnus uh kind of did away with with this wild acrobatic stunt um so like i i i, I definitely take the reins in some episodes more than others when i need to like really get things t- tied down and tied back in because i i'm trying to do kind of a complex thing and i i don't want to let anything go unresolved um but at the same time like it is not you guys reading scripts i i have definitely tailored like the big picture stuff to like suit the things that i think you all are enthusiastic about about your characters and and that's that's the way i try to justify it
1: um so before we answer more questions the whole reason we're doing the the adventure zone zone is we are in the middle of the max fun drive um, and so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, and we're going to fly through this. And we'll get back to your questions and then we'll do like a lightning round question section um so maximum fun is a listener supported network that means that we do some ads but primarily the network and these shows exist because of listeners like you so once a year we do a two week drive where we ask you to consider supporting the shows and the artists that you love um we have a bunch of different levels that you can give at for five dollars a month they are is something like a hundred hours of bonus content that you get access to. There's, um, I damned uh, a couple episodes of what we're calling Adventure Zone Nights in a hey, whole new. Hey, and let's world. establish
0: can't. Let's establish canon. Is it Knights with a K? It's it's Knights with an it. Like
1: it's a play on like Baywatch. No, I know, Knights, I know,
0: I know, I know, but- I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But it's c- this
1: could also be a play on a play on Nights. Okay, sure. Fuck it. Yeah, it's Adventure Zone Nights with a K. Uh, but it's also in a quantum state, where if you've ever spelled it with an N, you are also correct, <laughs> retroactively. Um, which, by the way, uh, Steven the goldfish, is also in a quantum state, where it is both with a V and with a PH, depending on if I remember how it's I spelled
2: all, it's it. It's an audio medium, folks. It's <laughs> yes. all- and Steven's okay, right? Steven's
1: okay. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. Don't do don't, <laughs> okay. don't get it twisted. But, so, for $5 a month, you get all that bonus content. And not just for Adventure Zone, for all the other shows on the network, and not just for this year— all the past years it's such a such a bargain um and in the adventures of knights it's a whole new world with new characters the idm a griffin griffin justin and dad play his new characters um justin plays his uh troth and she's uh, a monk tiefling Griffin plays as an eldritch bartender named Tom Collins and dad plays as kind of a, like a disgrace, blackballed bard named Lenny Manlito. Um, and because we've hit 10,000, there's going to be a part two to this year's, um, adventure zone nights coming out very shortly. We're recording that tomorrow. Um, but so that's at $5. At $10, you get the bonus well, no, content. By the time you're hearing this, we've already recorded it. That's true. Twist. Um, so at $10 a month, you get. Access to all the bonus content. You also get your choice of an enamel pin. Um, there's one for every show on the network. And because we're past ten thousand, if you are a ten dollar donor after the after the drive, you're going to be able to purchase more pins um, with the proceeds of that going to charity. Um, so at nice. twenty at twenty dollars a month, you get a pin. You get the bonus content. You also get a keep in touch kit that has uh, stationery. It's got a rocket. Pen with four colors in it. You get a candle shaped like a rocket that smells like sharpened pencils and friendship. You get a rocket stamp. Basically, anything you need to keep in touch. Um, and then at thirty five dollars a month, you get the Keep in Touch kit. You get the pen. You get the bonus content, and you get some engraved beer mugs, um, engraved with the Max Fun Rocket logo. But, but you know what, Trav? It's not really just about the gifts. The gifts are nice, but what you're really doing is helping to make th- more stuff you like in the universe. This show exists because of the Max Fun drive and it-, it gave us the freedom to be able to create it and it- we wouldn't be doing it without it. So like, by voting with your dollars, uh by voting with your dollars, uh you are helping to ensure that we make more cool stuff and yeah. that's really um, that's really amazing, and we we yeah. so appreciate your support the, in all of that.
0: This this show has grown a lot, and that means a lot to me. And um, like the the Max OneDrive Drive is like one way, in addition to just like seeing seeing how how big and how passionate the community is, that like inspires me to spend more time on it. Like I wouldn't spend a bunch of time writing music and doing all this doing doing all this stuff and writing and pre pro and stuff. If, like, I didn't think there was a demand for it, if I didn't think that, like, people were going to get some level of enjoyment out of that. So, like, um, this, this show is what it is because of, because of the, the Max Fun Drive and because of the people who support it.
1: So. Um, so if you love Maximum Fun and you love Adventure Zone, please consider supporting. Um, go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Take a look at the different levels. See which one's right for you. And if you're already a donor, please consider upgrading because we count towards that. We're I think we're going to hit 20000 uh by the end of the drive, but we can only do that with your help. Um, so, boys, I would like to rapid-fire lightning around some questions at you. Okay. Um, specific for each one of you, and we'll see if we can just knock out some of these. Yeah, because we literally have a hundred or so on here still. But can I do one first? Go yes. for it. Uh Dad, why
2: does Merle not like Angus? Oh. Um actually that was a very legitimate character choice because I've always kind of played Magnus. I mean, played Merle as a character who was really kind of insecure about his Place on the team. He was never much of a team guy, and saw anybody that joined the party with distrust. If you look back, even Killian coming on, anybody that came on—wow, I never fuck man. I made the I made the choice that Merle would always feel so insecure that you know what do they need him for? He's a failed cleric. He's short. Ninety percent of the spells he casts are failures. So anytime anybody came along with any level of competency. He saw that character as a threat to his position in the group. I
0: feel bad for dumping on Merle in
2: so many of the arcs. Right, like in Crystal
0: Kingdom, you were the one getting pursued because you had the highest death count, and now Pan has abandoned you. But I, pro- I promise that sweet, that sweet reward. I promise.
1: I have. Death. I have plans for all you y'all mean boys. Death.
0: <laughs> 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 sweet <laughs> release
1: of death. The sweet release of okay. death. so Griffin. Who's yes. your favorite and least favorite NPC to play as and or voice
0: <laughs> um, my favorite is Angus of course um although I've gone back and listened and there's some pretty wide variations the voice for Angus came from um one of the it was a super ego sketch and it was the one where they're on the go uh, the the uh, like one of the characters is on the tra- super egos another comedy podcast that's really good. Um there's a sketch where like there's this just a guy on a train and a bunch of weird folks come and talk to him oh, and one gosh, of them was a ghostly boy uh, I never knew that Yeah and uh he was he was what does he say he he just talks about uh being ethereal and uh don't, won't you take my clammy diaphanous hand or something like that i straight <laughs> just lifted that from that um although like now i just do it kind of a higher voice hi high. um and so right, I, least I like angus my least favorite is just like any character that's like uh, down here all like 12 of them uh, i'm talking a low voice i'm either so jenkins. It's
2: strictly based on voice not character i'm either
0: jenkins or i'm Johan or i'm any six characters like yeah
2: <laughs> um i all
0: have right, like i have like four voices that i try to do for everybody.
1: Justin, this is from yes. Rick Sanchez. Have Taco and Kravitz been on other dates other than the one on the show? Hmm. I mean, it you would be on the... I mean... A lot of people want to know this, Justin. They want to know more <laughs> about the relationship between just, Kravitz they, and Taco. But tacos. it is... I, I'm not being flippant. It's an essential, like, it's an essential disparate thing to me. Like, it. I don't, I don't know it wasn't on the show. It's up to you. Do you think they did? I don't know. My part is done. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't have to do more. I did my part of it by talking and recording it. Like as far as I'm concerned, that's my contribution to that stuff. And I don't want to fill in the gray areas where other people can like hang out and do whatever. I I would I would say I'm sure they. It seemed like they had a fun time. Like yeah. I guess uh, on the top, but of- like they enjoyed each other's company. But like I. I just don't want to – I really feel pretty strongly that, like, stuff that wasn't on the show, I'm not really interested in in making, like, ruling statements on. Because, like, if I, I – you know, I, I want to leave flexibility for people.
0: Um, I, I just want to hop in here and say, like, the demand for Talkit's content is, like – yes, definitely. Um, It's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of demand for Talkit's content. And I do want to say if only – Fucking <laughs> Magnus had not been pulled from the clutches of death. We would have gotten a lot more Kravitz time, but, uh, now this.
2: Oh, thank you. Well, I, now,
0: I see now that you're dumping on me again. No, no, no. This no, is, no, I mean, that was, that was one fault. of my fucking favorite things that you guys, you guys did a cooler thing there than I had envisioned. I, I'm just saying, like, I get a lot of tweets now. It's like, wow, Kravitz wasn't in this episode at all. And you set up this, like, perilous situation. It's like, I know Kravitz is a, 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 a really great character, but like, this is me trying to reverse engineer the stuff I was gonna do in the in Ooh. the 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 astral plane, like into the rest of the the rest of the
1: story. So it's not me like if we ignoring. Hit, if we hit twenty thousand new and upgrading, no stop. And we'll no it. stop. Delete <laughs> it. Scene. Shut your mouth. <laughs> no. Um, I will say. I will say one more note about Kravitz. I know people really like the Talkitz, uh coupling, and I'm I'm into it for sure. I think the re if there's a, if there is one reason. And, and I'm reading into this from Griffin. Griffin has not presented other opportunities for Taco and Kravitz to interact. But I will say this: I I have it is zero sweat off my brow to role play uh, uh, as a, a male fella and a, a going on a date with another fella. I have zero yeah uh, issue with that whatsoever. It is, however. Exponentially more weird to go on imaginary dates with my brother. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a lot
0: weirder. I don't want to trivial. I don't want to trivialize this, right? Because I know it's it's like no. I'm for a lot of people. It's, it. No, no, no. I get it. I'm, I'm just saying. Like, it's also the only date that's ever been on the show. Was the I, I'm pretty sure was the Kravitz. Like the only romantic uh, date.
2: Uh, Merle and the director oh, have a spot I got some heat that was there. More
0: of a hang sesh, but um, no, no.
1: I think it's pretty much a date. Uh, okay. Yeah, because it's way less <laughs> weird for Dad to go on a date with Griffin. I don't want to trivialize. Like, right. I like that. I,
0: I, 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 like folks shipping our characters. Right? Like, I'm into it. Um, and except for Magnus,
1: Magnus has only had one love. Yeah, he's done Magnus, with that. Yeah, he's Magnus. He's <laughs> no, <laughs> Stephen. Stephen. <laughs> um, how about a? How about another? Well, question? hold on. So let me answer that question. So Stephen the goldfish. No oh boy. Anytime anything happens to Magnus, everyone is very concerned with Steven. <laughs> let me let me just say this right now. If anything he- were to ever happen to Steven, I would say it. <laughs> Everyone's very concerned that something tragic has happened to Steven and we've just failed to mention it. Yeah. Steven is fine. He will almost always be f- like I can't imagine a scenario <laughs> in which the payoff is gonna be something bad happening to Steven. Steven is fine. If not, if you haven't heard otherwise, safe to assume Steven is fine. Um, and more importantly,
0: there there's going to be more Kravitz stuff real soon. I promise. Hang in, hang in there, Kravitz heads.
1: Um, um, uh, Kravites. at Swift Martyrdom asked me, "Does Travis still have Magnus's old backstory written down somewhere? And if so, could we hear some of it?" Here's the thing: <laughs> I wrote that backstory like before we ever started playing, and once we actually started. This is, this is the most like long form improv I've ever done, like years long. And so that backstory, I don't think the backstory that you hear in the 11th hour arc more now, like more accurately reflects Magnus than anything I wrote a while ago. Like it, it's, it's two different characters at this point. Cause the backstory I had was this really broken, like, bitter dude that had like seen some shit and was kind of forced into this heroic role and like it just it is no longer representative it was much more like mal reynolds um but without the humor yeah um and and the magnus you see now is much more like the humorous side it also it it also
0: it didn't fit the not just magnus's character but it didn't fit the tone of the show like
1: at all
0: it was pitch fucking black
1: it was Um, dark it was very dark and and i i will say that the one huge element that carried over into both is is julia is the wife and a lot of people i saw talking about like like you know women dying as part of the backstory i will say for me for me it is maybe the most grounded character choice I, like, as far as time, someone asked what's a thing that, like, I have the most, uh, what, Julia asked uh, how appropriate, what's the biggest thing you and Magnus have in common? And the reason that I, I made the decision to have uh, his wife passed away is, um, and it might get a little serious here for a second, but for two reasons. One, our mom passed away when I was 21, and it's, like, one of the most impactful moments in my life to today. Like it's Mm. like what shaped me to be the person I am and inspired me to like do more good with the time that I have left in the world. So like that was a big part of it. And then also my wife and being married. Um and my wife continuously inspires me to like constantly be be a better person than I was before I met her. So like those two things is like what for me would make someone a hero. Like I kind of combined those elements in one. So like for me Everything that Magnus is, is, is from that. Sure. I also, like, um,
0: I, I am also kind of, like, hmm, I totally get these criticisms, and there's been a lot coming in, uh, coming from, uh, stemming from, uh, episode 59 and some of the stuff that, that came in there about, like, um, uh, fridging, right? That concept, that trope of, of fridging women characters to inspire male heroism, and um, I I, I definitely get that, and I think we've definitely stepped in it. I've tried so, like, I've, I tried so hard to sidestep some bad tropes when, like, doing this show. Like, it was important for me that there was never, like, a, you know, like, a princess for you all to rescue, but I, I definitely fucked up in that, like, um... The 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 bury your gaze trope with the with the ram and raven Hurley and Sloan, uh at the end of the pedals to the metal arc, which because when I was writing that I was like, oh, it's the first like romance in this show, and I, I'll give it a tragic ending without knowing that there was this whole fucking like, that's how <laughs> most. Uh, like gay and lesbian relationships in media end is with tragic endings, uh, which I didn't realize, and so like I've I've stepped in it a lot, um, w- in that regards, and I think we've I think we've probably also not done so great about avoiding, um, you know, women women dying for dudes to have like the the kickstart for their. Adventure, like we haven't done it a lot, but maybe a little bit more than I'm comfortable with, which brings me to Loop, which I'd like to just sort of clear the air about in the next two minutes, if you'll allow me. Um I had the the idea for Taco to have this twin that he couldn't remember. Everybody has things that they couldn't remember because of the void fish. Um and I had this idea for Taco to have this 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 twin sister, Loop. Um and the question that we got probably most in this whole thing, uh, in in prepping for this episode, was: Is Loop's name actually Chalupa? And here's where here's where I'm at. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> about two about two years ago, when I I, I so let me clarify, I asked Griffin this exact question. Yeah. As I was listening to the episode, and his exact answer to me was: What does your heart tell you? Um, <laughs> here's here's where I'm at. Um,
0: when Justin made taco when and i'm i'm guessing here but i'm pretty sure when you came up with the name taco it was just isn't this a silly thing to name your fantasy wizard in our role playing game it was it it was done out of like irreverent silliness right um yes it was not it was certainly
1: not it's because naming anything like that is so whack It's like, it's so lame, because it doesn't exist, and it's just like, here, I'm Grendel Thorne Winstler. Yes. Like, (laughs) fuck off. His name's Taco. Bramble Pill. And at the time, like, Justin definitely wasn't, what Justin
0: definitely, definitely, definitely wasn't doing, and I don't think there's been, like, much criticism to this this, um, point. Justin wasn't making a Latinx character and naming them after a Tex-Mex dinner food, right? That would be pretty racist pretty problematic it was just this is a silly name to name somebody okay i when i had this idea for a a twin he could not remember i followed the same naming convention and thought well of course his twin would also be named after a tex-mex food and so i came up with chalupa and shortened it to loop so that i you know could have a name that i could say that wouldn't give away the reveal that also sounded like a cool actual name right um And Loop has been referenced, like, a lot. Pretty much most of the arcs, um, her name has been referenced. So fast forward to, like, now, and I think we're all a lot more cognizant about how people consume the show and how people have headcanons for basically how every character looks. And we encourage that, right? Like, I encourage that. I think it's cool. I think it's the coolest thing about this podcast, if I'm being frank. Um, And there are a lot of people now who have this headcanon for taco being a a latinx dude um thereby as an extension his sibling would also be latinx and now all of a sudden if that is your headcanon having two two characters named taco and chalupa who that's how you interpret them that sucks right that's 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 that's, that's very very very
1: problematic and so now all of a sudden, I'm, uh, I, I, as and just sort to be clear, n- doesn't suck because they are Latino. Sucks no, 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 no. It sucks because yeah,
0: yeah. the naming, is, we're all fucking four white dudes. And, and that, that I think is, is pretty problematic if that's how you interpret those characters. And it does create a sort of like Schrödinger's racism <laughs> where if you interpret these characters as, <laughs> if you interpret these characters as, Latinx, then those names are problematic. If you don't, then it's just like, oh, what silly names. I, as the as the DM and the person who came up with the name for this other character, um, can't say, like, well, that's on you, if that's how you interpret them, and also say, like, I want everybody to interpret their characters however they want. You know what I mean? So, that being said, I, I and I don't want folks who, like, I, there's been a huge amount of people who are like, oh, Chalupa, I figured out your name, um, Griffin, you've been setting up this joke for such a long time. And I think there's people who are like, um, you know, in into the name because maybe they don't interpret those characters in the same way. Um, and I don't want those characters, I, 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 this is not a judgment on those people or anybody. It is just like my own sort of discomfort at this thing now based on how a lot of people, a lot of people, cause a lot of people have been reaching out, um, have interpreted it. So here's, here's, here's what's up. I, and I can make this decision cuz I can do whatever the fuck I want with the characters in this world or the world itself. Loop's name is just I think canonically it's just going to be just Loop, right? That's what we've been calling her and um I think that's like the best way to kind of move forward. I think I think I, no, I need to be a little bit more steadfast here. Spell it L O O P. No, Loop's name is L U P. It's it's how we spelled it and it's just it's not short for anything. Loop's name is just is just Loop. And that's, that's the end of the story because there's so much more, there's more stuff I'm doing with loop. Like a lot, a lot more stuff I'm doing with loop. And I don't, I don't know. I don't want anybody to listen to this podcast and be uh, uh, uncomfortable because of some racist (laughs) undertones that were completely and completely and totally unintentional. Um, Like I don't want, it, it is important for me that, that nobody sort of, has that. And it's m- way more important to me than, like, landing some two-year-old stupid pun,
1: right? Pseudo joke. Pseudo pseudo kind of lazy joke. Dad, I have a question here from Allison Wilgus. Uh it says, has working on the graphic novel script and revisiting early episodes while adapting them affected how you feel about Taz as a
2: player? Um, It – oh, as a player, it's made me appreciate, A – Griffin's storytelling griffin's w- world thanks daddy um because really and truly by about the third or fourth story it was obvious that well even before that 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 you had gone off the rails and started working on your own thing um and it has it, it has affected me in the fact that it i it when I realized that it kind of made me realize that I had to up my game a little bit and it's it's sort of like what Justin touched on before. Um you know we you know when people are asking about do we do things that push Griffin's buttons on purpose? Yeah, we do that, but do we do things to try to derail the story? No, we don't. Um and and I'm being honest here, I really think that we become actors and I, and I think we really try very hard to balance out like the riffs, you know, like the meta kind of stuff and the, the current references and the pop culture references with being trying to be pure to a character. And honest to God, we really didn't have characters until I think like the second arc, maybe the third arc. For me, a big moment was... Merle getting his arm chopped off. That made me kind of realize that, that it was, you know, it was real. And, you know, this was, this was kind of, you know, full-fledged character building. And, you know, that's informed a lot of the things that have happened since then. You know, Merle's attitude towards, towards Magnus a little bit in kind of a fun way. But, um, I, going back and redoing the graphic novel, I mean, adapting the graphic novel has just kind of, Re impressed me all along because, man, I'm telling you, there's a lot of jokes, but there's a lot of heart. A and I think heart. that's what that didn't start showing until later. I mm-hmm. think we had a few flashes of it early on, but I think that's when it became well, kind of special. I think we didn't know that we
1: had that the show had the capability for that. Yeah. Early on, I agree. Yeah. I, we didn't, it, it wasn't in it our, it's a joke fest. Yeah. And it, we didn't know that it had, like, we didn't, It's like a car that flew all of a
2: sudden it's like <laughs> wait a minute can we really that is yeah. such a good we, way
1: of because i built i see we we ending it really bad like the ending of Greece, yeah. like wait what are, are are they dead what's going on i see folks recommending this show to other folks on
0: twitter all the time and it, they say like you gotta listen to this show like it, the story goes to some places and i see a lot of people say like it, it emotionally affects them and like oh man i just i cried so much during this episode um and then somebody i see and then uh, i see somebody say oh i'm gonna start listening to adventure zone and then like uh, a day later it's like I just hit this point in the adventure zone where one of them murdered somebody and asked why they got a boner like are you sure this is the same one um, I have a question uh, here for all of you and it's from Lily beside the rocks who says um, what are each of your favorite musical pieces Griffin has produced for the show hmm, yes tell, hmm.
1: I, I will what say are they that, um, I really really like Um, I just like the whole soundscape of the uh, of pedals to the metal but for me, I just really love the the music Griffin made for this year's bonus Adventure Zone nights. I know you said you cranked out it's in a 30 banger. Minutes. It, no, it it's rocks. Just really good. Um, I like the Crystal Kingdom song. I think is the best. I find it very like to hear it later. I find it. I found it very well. Useful, cause like,
0: you, chilling. You got a lot of ASMR like. Stuff going on, and so I made that.
1: You know, I thought no, that might my be brother can't give me ASMR. I'm a normal person, okay. like that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm um, immune to your your ASMR charms.
2: Arms outstretched. Oh, I think the music that 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 you had in there. Well, thank that was pretty cool. Thank you. I I I, I asked this. You don't get to to you guys. To talk. We
0: talked about well, your stuff.
1: Let Griffin talk about the favorite piece of music that he's written now himself. For
0: himself, I wanted to say for um one of the like most interesting things about doing the music is I did like a, mostly like Western sort of acoustic soundtrack for, uh, the 11th hour. Right. And I got a lot of people saying like, wow, it's cool. You're sampling bastion, which is a really fucking great. Um, uh, well, what would you say? Like, twin stick rpg sort of mm-hmm. thing maybe not twin stick that's not the right word for it but um and a lot of people were like wow you sampled bastion a lot and as that arc went on it was more and more people were like okay wow you're sampling bastion in like every song and i realize it's because both me and the composer for the soundtrack for bastion used like a bunch of soundcloud or not soundcloud uh, uh garage band which is the software i use uh used the same like pool of loops so this i wanted to clear the air about that because i also saw a lot of questions about like uh me 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 yoinking bastion stuff and it's like, well I, I promise I wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna take this from the Bastion soundtrack. Um it's just we we took from the same pool of loops. Because there's stuff like slide guitars in Roswell's theme. Um like I don't own a slide guitar or know how to play it. So I used loops and it was just the same one that they used in Bastion.
1: Uh we had a question from Felix uh, and I think we can answer this pretty quick. Any chance we can see y'all playing some female or gender nonconforming characters in future iterations of Taz. And I do want to say if you haven't listened uh, to the Adventure Zone Nights yet, you should. Justin yeah. plays uh, as a tiefling monk who uh, I believe identifies as female, uh, named um, Troth.
0: Yes, Troth kicks ass. I, I I think this is important, right? Like I talked about, like I want there to be good representation on this show, um, and I just would want to make sure that, like, I want to make sure we do a good job of it as, if we do it as as player characters. Like, I'm not like a <laughs> I wouldn't be afraid, right, to play a woman or an, a a non-binary or non-gender conforming character. Um, I just would want to make sure that, like, I don't know, that I did a good job and I didn't fall
1: Remember into any we pitfalls. we just talked about how we made one stupid naming decision and it haunted us. Yeah. For two and a half years, like, we're, it's hard, y'all. It's hard, but, <laughs> but like, I, but, I, but to answer your question, yes, yeah, we'll we'll do it. We yeah. want to make great, interesting characters, and like. So the answer is yes, but I don't ever want to do it as a stunt. I don't ever want to do it because like, hey, hey, fandom, do you like this? I always want it to be because it's the right thing for the character, the right thing for the story, and the right thing for for us in the audience. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, um, it's, tr- it it's a tricky balance, but it's something that we'll
0: definitely uh, focus on.
1: Uh, Griffin, I have a question for you that a lot of people ask that I don't know the answer to, which is okay. you talk about in... Um, Episode fifty nine, like I've well, two questions. One, so Magnus has the new body, right? Yeah, and the physical stuff that he lost during Wonder. Oh, does he? Does he remember Kalen?
0: Yeah. No, 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 no. I So the way that I kind of thought about this, and you all, this is what fucked me up when you guys were like, oh, don't get back in your body, you'll forget everything, is we were kind of thinking about it a different way, and that I was thinking that, like, your memories and the things that you remembered kind of resided in your spirit or whatever that was inside of the mannequin, and so when it was outside of your body, you were technically dead, and so the void fish didn't work on you, and that's why you are remembering those visions and all that shit. But, like, I think your memory lived in your spirit, so when it got back in your body... Just because your body was from a time before Wonderland, like, your brain would still remember Kalen? That's not really how I think about it. I, and and frankly, okay. like, that moment was too cool to take away. So, like, no, Magnus doesn't remember Kalen. Because I do kind of like this idea of Merle and Taco having to go on this vengeance quest for this dude they've never met before. That we may not, which may not happen, but just, like, I'm not going to take so, that away.
1: No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna right, to call it right now. We're going to have, <laughs> at some point, we're going to do a live show. And it's going to be a two night hunt. The hunt for Governor Kalen. Oh, I'll, I'll play. I'll play as Kalen. Stunt, specta- oh, that's stunt spectacular.
2: That's excellent. Like um, a Rogue One spinoff. Okay. And I for like those
1: it. for those of you asking, K A L E N. It's not. I don't think you meant not. to do it like Kalen, like Elliot Kalen from. No, he's named after not- Elliot Kalen. He named after Elliot <laughs> Kalen. It's just spelled differently. Oh, great. <laughs> Um, hey, folks, um, I'm the after the, the one, it, it, Sorry, there was one other important question, yeah, yeah. Griffin. Why was Garfield growing Magnus's body? And I, I will never— up, I will take that to my fucking grave. I do is want to say— uh, But when, there is a reason. When we did the Interrobang live show here in Cincinnati in February, uh, I, 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 someone came up to me and was talking to me about Adventure Zone, and this was after Magnus was in the mannequin, and they said— you know garfield has been collecting these things maybe he's growing a body and i was like holy shit that's amazing and i said if that turns out to be the case i'll remember and thank you and i cannot remember his name oops and so Um, i am saying now i was inspired to like pursue that that was a joint collabo if you're listening please tell me it was you so i can thank you officially um I'll never say. I think it's too, like,
0: Garfield is such a nebulous, fascinating character to me. And so much so that people do not know if he is a cat or not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so. But that's another great ex, uh, that's another great example of a character that was like, was a punchline. And then just by necessity, we started to hang other things on. But that's the adventure zone. That's,
0: that's like why Davenport is the captain of, of fantasy NASA, apparently. Like, that's, that's what I've kind of been, that's been the big payoff. That's why Barry Blue Jeans is fucking alive again. Like, yeah, that's, that's, and I don't, I don't do that, do that stuff purely as jokes or whatever, but it's a, certainly a, certainly a benefit. But like, no, I'm not going to tell you why Garfield was growing an extra Magnus body. Um, he was a, a fairly evil warlock, mercantile warlock guy. So like, maybe f- figure it out. But like, I, I, to me, leaving that a mystery is fucking hysterical. And I'll, I'll never, ever, ever, ever
1: say. All right, um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the future of Taz, but real quick, I want to we want to make one last push for the Max Fund drive. MaximumFund.org forward slash donate is the is the address you can go to. Um, and if you enjoy this show, and I know a lot of you do, um, it would really mean the world if you could kick in just five bucks a month. If you if you like this show and you want to help keep this and like other stuff we do rolling and um, make it easier for us to make this stuff consistently. Um, it, it really is the, the, the best way to do it. We only do this once a year and we come to you and say, Hey, please, if you can help out, if you can, if you can, uh, if we all pitch in a little bit, then it makes it so much easier and, and it lets us create stuff. Um, and, and it really, it means a lot for just five bucks a month. You're going to get days upon days of bonus content. If you can kick us 10 bucks a month, you get all that plus um a pin based on whatever show that that you you like the best. For 20 bucks a month, you get the pin, you get the bonus content, and you get a really cool keep in touch kit um with with all the subscribers listed before. But, but but really it's just the act of um like th- this network isn't founded on uh, a few hundred to $200 a month donors. We certainly appreciate the people who are able to do that, but what it is built on and the strength of this network is the multitudes of five and $10 and $20 donors like that, like that is what, and, and $35 donors like that is what the, the, the network is, is founded on. And it, and it really is thanks to you that we're able to make the stuff that we make. And we, we, appreciate it so much and if you haven't taken the time to and you, you know we're we're down to the final days of the drive so please 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 maximum forward slash donate um and and kick us a few bucks it really it really would mean the world um yeah I, I don't I don't really know what else to say
0: um you the the support the show has gotten has changed my life and uh it's it's this is like the first piece of fiction that I've ever done, and that like all of us collaboratively have ever done. And the response to it has been incredible. And the support that we got um, in the last couple Max Fun drives has been like overwhelming. And just, just thank you so much. If you enjoy the show and you spend time with it and you have the means, just think about donating.
1: MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Um, alley-oop. there it was.
0: There was that same Um Let's talk about what's next. Cause I can, I can say, um,
1: we're going to end the show. Bye. Yeah, bye. No, we, um, Tell them you're joking, Trav. Oh, I'm it's joking. Joke, huh? Thank you for all your support. It really means. But two more episodes <laughs> and we're out. Then we're out. No, we'll take the no, money no, no. and run. No, no, no. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um,
0: so next in Adventure Zone is going to be a sort of special thing. Um, for like in this campaign, it's going to be kind of a special thing that gets into the what I referenced at the end of the last episode. The Stolen Century is going to be the name of it, and we're going to dive in and we're going to answer basically every question up to this point and my hope is that except about Garfield except about Garfield and his 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 purposes um and my hope is that by the end of that we will basically be at the starting line of the finale which will definitely definitely take more than one episode to get through um so that's sort of the roadmap for the rest of this campaign the balance arc the balance the the, the bureau of balance grand relic saga
1: the grand relics. No, it's called I, the balance. It's called the balance art. We came up with a whole kitschy name for it. Balance it's art. Balance art. Balance. Okay. Um. After that,
0: we're gonna we're we're gonna be transparent here because we've kind of struggled with this a lot. Um. Because this show does have a pretty big following now and a very passionate following, and we struggle with this idea of doing something new and pulling the rug out from under people, and the transition, no matter what we do, moving from this thing that a lot of people are really, really passionate about to something new, even if that new thing is great or better, it will be a rough transition. And so we've struggled a lot with like the best way to do it, um, a way that will make the transition easiest for the listeners, but also will result in us starting in on the coolest and best imaginable thing that we could do next. And so, yeah,
1: let me let, let me also say this, just because I think this is, maybe this goes without saying, but I do want to just reiterate, no matter what we do after this, it does not erase the, like, 60-some, 70, possibly, episodes of the balance arc. Like, that will be a thing that exists, you know what I mean? In that, fact, it will the, always I, be there for you to go back to— my, my desire to wrap up this arc
0: and have it be done— Is, well, twofold. First of all, I think it would be, I think we'd eventually, it would be shitty eventually. Like, eventually, if we kept doing Taco Merlin Magnus, it would be, it would be bad. I need to, I need, like, we need to be able to, to, to close this thing out. But also, like, I love the idea of just, like, closing it out. And there it is. It's done. This thing that the the four of us made over the course of almost three years that, like, we can all be really proud of. Here it is. It's done. It's got a nice little bow on it. There it is. That's it. Um, so next, uh, what we're doing next, I will say we don't have set in stone. Um, some, some. I, 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 think we're just gonna try some stuff out for a little while. Um, Travis has sort of brought up the idea of like doing some mini, mini stuff, some one shots. Um, which
1: will well, yeah, take so a little like, while. What I suggested was like, you know, we've talked about it before of like us all taking turns, uh, you know, GMing something. Um, and so like. Different mechanics, different settings, different stories, you know, one or two episode arcs of just like, here's what Justin's vision of this would be. Here's what dad's vision. Here's what mine, that kind of thing, where we try different stuff out instead of just trying to jump head yeah. first into like another big arc. Um, huh. having little, you know, little excursions into, into different worlds
0: until we find what the next thing is like what the next thing that makes sense i i um i have a few ideas and and then once we get like once we find our footing and we feel really confident about it and think we have something that folks are really gonna like then we start in on the next big arc and i think the next big arc probably won't be as long as balance it's not gonna be two and a half years i i hope
1: i think that we we made a tactical error not a tactical error but it's like figuring out as we go along this show was always intended well not always intended it wasn't always intended to be fucking anything right but to be a consistently produced thing, this show needed to be able to evolve but beyond individual storylines and individual specific games yeah um, and and it will do that. Um, we're still going to be telling stories, and hopefully, we'll be better at it. We'll be way better from at the it, jump, yeah, than trying to back into it. Dad, you're looking at me furtively. What do? No, what no, do you no, think? Huh? no, no. I don't know what the word furtive means, but you're just looking at me. Not awfully. what you thought. I am. I'm, I was wondering if you had some thoughts.
2: I was just going to say that you know, at Merle Taco Magnus and everyone. You're from the DM. We'll continue in other forms. Yeah. I mean, we've got, so, so we've got the graphic novel that's going to be coming out. Yes. We have the
1: bedsheet sets that we're working on. So well, the, the, big, the big
0: thing, the big thing that's going to be. Faceball's the cereals.
1: <laughs> Faceball's the toiletry. The big thing that's going
0: to be germane to you, the listener, is one thing we've talked about is just live shows. Still going to be Trace Horny Boys because I, I, I don't know what the. We don't know what the next shit's gonna be. And so the idea of just like once Trace Horny Boy's thing is over, I don't know if the next thing's gonna be good for live shows. This thing, this thing is, but I, we don't know. But this is one way that we can keep their thing going with little side stories and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so I think, yeah, live shows, well, we can, we can still do, we can still do balance. One thing that I kind of want to do is move away from D&D, which I think is, I, I know there's a lot of folks who play a lot of tabletop games who are kind of, um, uh, hard on D&D, like very negative about it. Um, I I still think it's a great game, I just don't know that it's suited for our purposes really well. Well, Like, case in point, if you're a Magic user, there's almost always a billion things you can do, and so most of the stuff I edit out of the show is um, Dad or Justin, and this is not a knock against them, because um, if we were just playing around the table, it would not be a big deal, but because it's an audio medium where there's other people listening, it is a big deal. Uh, like, trying to figure out what to do next, because they have this huge multitude of options Um and so, like, I want to move to something that's more rules light and more, uh, and not to say that uh, D D can't be a narrative heavy game, but something that is sort of
1: more designed around that. Uh, I'm going to reference. And, and from- we've I'm- we've already been playing this version of D D. As rules light as we possibly yeah, could. Yeah,
0: and I, I, I get a lot of flack from people just like, well, that's not how that works. There's a lot of people who are very angry that I say the word bluff check instead of deception check. And it's, first of all, I'm sorry. That's what they call it in fourth edition. Get out of my butt. Um, but like, I, I I just, I feel like something that is more rules light where you guys can do things and interpret them using a smaller set of rules will be like way, way, way better for this. And it may actually
1: make us adhere more. Yeah, sure. there is that like issue of slippage. Yes. Where. yeah. You know, I I'm not going to talk about the material. I I referenced I referenced material components for my spells once yeah. when it was like a cool thing to do, that and that was out, it. You know? um,
0: I'm going to reference friends <laughs> of spell the, casting time. I'm going to reference friends of the table here again because they um they they use rule systems uh, that are uh, it's a system kind of like how uh, D D is a. Uh, part of the d20 system there's a system called uh, powered by the apocalypse that i really like it's all like you just roll two d6 and that determines fucking everything and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games covering hundreds of different genres that like i'm i'm looking at that like i think that could be i don't want to chomp their flavor but like i think that is it's just better like it's a better it is a better like format for a a narrative heavy like game light actual play podcast. And I don't want to like, um, I think, I think critical role plays, uh, either D D or Pathfinder. Like, um, like I'm not dra- dragging like actual play shows that do D D because they're fucking super, super good. I just think as, as the more we go along, the more D and D stuff I ignore. And I don't know that we're doing ourselves a,
2: but let's let's service. be honest, we'll always have a debt to D D. Yeah, because for sure. That's what started tags. Yeah, I think it's a good but first I, game
0: to play, definitely. And it's good for not, it's it's a fun game to play like as a game like a tabletop game. It's just like it's not, I don't think, so suited to the way
1: that we do the radio show. And I also think it's it's I think it's like just like these characters, just like Griffin said at the beginning, if we kept playing D D, there's other options out there, and like this is our D arc with yeah. Merle Magnus and Taco, you so know what I mean,
2: like that's specific. Do, do we want to toss out? Yeah, so a couple of the genre ideas we've had.
0: Yeah, so I I Dad, why don't you tell them yours? Because I'm I've been I, I'm excited about it.
2: Well, I've got an idea to do a superhero story, and it's a it's a, actually the basic framework of the story is based on a comic book premise that I sold years and years and years ago that just never came to print, and I'm is it free, Jack? Really. Uh no. Can I say and that it's not the three? It's not the three ninjas kick back either. Did you ghostwrite both uh, of those? I didn't illustrate any of my ghostwrite. Right. Ghostwrite. I did. No, I didn't ghostwrite them. I actually got credit. I for thought that. you ghostwrote um, Free Jack. Uh, the first issue with this Chuck is Dickson so
1: not did. what this is about. Uh, all
2: right, fine. But anyway, I'm looking at a superhero setting um and just uh that that's kind of the idea i've been kicking around i've got from um, yeah go
1: and i'm kind of looking at is inspired by the 11th hour i would like to do kind of like an old west uh rpg um and, and kind of focus on more on like a an old west like actual you know Real world Old West setting, so I'm going to try to find a mechanic that works for that and write a story. People have asked about Adventure Zone Knights if that would expand. I think that would be tricky because there's so much info that exists for donors only, but also like I just didn't I didn't create it for an arc. I created it as for, a like, one off stories. Yeah. So, um, I maybe. have an I have an idea for a um
0: like a Persona and Buffy inspired um RPG about a uh, like um. Uh, sort of unsuccessful West Virginia ski resort town that monsters start attacking. And I, I also have an idea for a Cowboy Bebop and Battlestar Galactica-inspired, like, post-apocalyptic, hip, hip, jazzy space opera.
1: I have an idea that <laughs> it is like a Sherlock Holmes, and we're all Sherlock Holmeses, and we find different clues... That are better than the other ones, and it's like, <laughs> but wait, you missed this, and that's like the whole thing is like four super smart Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> and also one of us is a vampire. But are we good enough detectives ah, to figure out which shit it is?
2: Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't, like know, if, I don't know if
1: you're joking, but I want to play that super bad.
2: <laughs> um, so, I'm
1: obviously joking We need to wrap up so bad Keep your feet on the ground No hold on We can't just
0: say the fucking outro
1: yes. So as is clear We are still kind of like nailing it down But that gives you kind of a basic idea The show will not stop no. when the arc is done it's And, too much and fun. There, will be some, there will be some like You know finding our feet and everything And once again As has been up to this point The deal with Adventure Zone audience feedback and you guys buying in is going to kind of shape the way it goes but that's where we're at but to be clear that we didn't mention those to like put this is not up for a vote we'll pick something that works and do it but we of course want to hear from you after we're making the things
0: and and, and again it's a a bi-weekly show so it's going to take us a it's probably gonna take us a while before we get on to the next big, big arc, but I promise you it's gonna be fucking, I'm really looking forward to it. It is going to be so much fun to make new characters and explore new worlds and new genres and all that. Like, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be incredible. And I think the next thing we do, like I'm already, I'm already
2: excited for it. So we hope you can get on board. And Uh, we love Merle, Magnus, and Taco. We really and truly do. And we appreciate you loving them. But uh, let me be the dad and let me just say, just trust us. Just trust you us. It's going to be us good. Before. You trusted us before. Keep trusting us. Um, we also hope that you'll consider donating to the Maximum Fun
1: drive. Maximumfun.org forward slash donate. Support the art and artists you love and then let us know. Um, but you've heard us talk enough about that. I think it's time for us to wrap up. Thank I don't yep. know how we end this, but um, thank, thank you all for thank listening. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to John Roderick. No, thank you to
0: Mort Garson and just Mort Garson for the use of our theme song Deja Vu off the album Ataraxia um that's it thanks for listening to the adventure zone be the, the adventure zone zone rather and we'll be back with a new episode next thursday uh which is april the 6th and yeah it's gonna be big thanks for right, thanks da- for coming
1: along all right dad now hit it okay so keep it real everybody oh, thanks up. for being here nope bye <laughs> <laughs>